He said a little while ago when he dismissed the kids, I got up and left too, but not today. Hey, it's good to see everybody today. I've looked forward to this for a long time since Brother Will asked me. Uh, it's only taken 14 years for me to get to preach to you guys. Uh, I'm thinking maybe he might keep me now. I'm starting to think maybe he's going to. But again, I'm so thankful to be here. Man, I'm looking forward to this. You guys, uh, as I was sitting down there, I was looking across the audience, seeing so many uh, faces that have uh, helped me over the years here to make the ministry and children successful. I taught this seminar they asked me to at the National on how to be successful in, in creating a children's church. And what I wanted to show them was a picture of you guys. Because that's where success comes from the body. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, like I said, we, we just got back from the Nationals. We had a great Nationals. And uh, we came back with some uh, trophies and some, and some medals. And we got a National Champion. Noah, stand up over here. Noah's a National Fiddle Champion. And uh, I know Manfred's happy about that, right, Manfred? Yeah, we got it. We got another fiddler coming up. And, and our Bible group that uh, several kids competed in Bible, they all did wonderful. I'm so proud of them. And I also got to see my granddaughter do several things. And, of course, she's the most talented kid there, and, and she did really well. Um, thankful again for that and uh, for the great trip we had. I want to ask you very specially to pray. Uh, we didn't get to rest long because we're heading out in just a few minutes, going on the next trip. And that's our mission trip. Uh, to the children's home in, in Alabama. And if you're on that team and you're in here, stand up. Not very many of you, most of us, them are meeting us there, believe it or not. They're still hanging out in Florida somewhere, and they're on their way home. So uh, all of you guys, as soon as you get done here, straight to the gym and eat your lunch and on the bus, because we're out of here, okay? And we're excited. Me and Tara are excited to see the kids, aren't we, Tara? All righty. So I want to get that... Uh, uh, please be praying for us. We're doing a lot of different things this year. But on Thursday, we're, we're taking us, and then my brother-in-law's church from Indiana is sending 14 to, to, to kind of, they want to learn how to do mission trips, so they're coming to uh, this uh, pairing with us this year. And then we're taking all the kids in the, of the mission trip. We're all becoming one. That's our theme this year. Our t-shirts even say one. And we're becoming one body, and we're going to go into to a little church that's just starting on the other side of Birmingham. And we're going to, for a whole day, we're going to work with them on some really... Uh, really great outreach stuff, so be praying for us on Thursday especially. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 9, one of my uh, you know, favorite stories. I don't know about you guys, but one of the things I love reading about in the Bible, Old and New Testament, is miracles. How many of you guys like miracles? Miracles are great, uh, especially to teach for children, uh, because children love to be, you know, all the great things, uh, both old and new, because so many great things happen through miracles. And you know what? Miracles get your attention. Miracles can begin to, to get your heart going to think that there's power here because no one else can do miracles. You know, there's so many in the Bible, uh, you know, almost from the beginning, Old Testament and New, God used miracles. And I'm so thankful for miracles. I love miracles. And in fact, I got a story about miracles. You want to hear it? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. When I was just a kid uh, in 1973, I was born, but... Now, I wasn't real old. In 1973, we had our bicentennial in my little town of Claypool, Indiana, 500 people. And we had our bicentennial, and people came from everywhere. It was really something. And uh, I heard that uh, my pastor came up, and he said, Hey, we need your help uh, because we're, we're bringing in this big preacher, and uh, we're going to need you to go as uh, all the churches are sending a couple kids uh, to uh, be ushers. I said, Okay, I'll go count money or pick up money. That'd be all right. So I go, and I, I, I get there, and I notice all these buses are pulling up, and all these people are coming. I think, Wow. This is a big deal. Well, I found out they had a national renowned faith healer coming that night. So, whoa, this will be something. I've never seen a faith healer before. So, I'm, so we, we uh, go through the service, count the money, and, and they say, hey, you ushers, come with me. So they take us up this little stairway and they said, now, 
You go up there and you stand right next to the, the preacher. You stand right on the right side and the other person you stand on the left. And I said, okay. I guess we're there as his bodyguards or moral support or something. But no, that's not what it was. Guess what? We're having a faith healer, a faith healing, and they got hundreds of people lined up and they're coming. And, and I stand over here and the other one stands over there. And you know what we are? We're catchers. Because she puts her hands on their heads and knocks them out. Bang! Whatever their problem was, whatever healing, she hit them with those hands and down they went. And, and I had a cousin with me and he was kind of honoring. He said, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't believe in this. And I said, you don't? He said, I'm going to get in line. I'm going to get in line, and I'm going to show that she's fake. She's got all those people talked in and falling backwards, but I'm going to be the one who's going to mess this all up. So go for it. That'll be funny. So, <laughs> spiritual back then. So, so he gets in line, and here comes Jeffrey. He's my cousin. He gets in line, and, and she asked him what's wrong with him. He made something up, and bang, there he went, just out on the floor. Man, she knocked him out like he wasn't even there. And he, as he's walking, he's getting up, he walks over, and he says, this is a real deal. <laughs> So, so, so she goes on with all these things, and, and finally, Rithy and uh, the pastor that lived across the street, I, I didn't know it, but he had one leg shorter than the other, and he wore a big elevated shoe, and he takes that shoe off, and he's sitting down there, and she said, we're going to pray, and we're going we're gonna to pray God heals you, and that leg is going to grow. I said, wow, I'm going to get to see a miracle right now. I always read about them. Now we'll get to see one. So I got right there. I mean, I was there anyway, but I, right there, I kneeled down because I wanted a good look at this. And, and she starts praying, laying his hands on. She didn't knock him out, but she just kept praying. Might have worked better if she knocked him out, but she prayed. And uh, they said, there it goes. It's growing. And I'm thinking, where, where? And I actually said it out loud. <laughs> right into the microphone, by the way. And that didn't go over so good. But I, I really wanted to see a miracle. But you know what? I don't have any, uh, any faith in faith healers. None. But I have every bit of faith in healing. I know there's healing. I know there's miracles. So today we're going to talk about one more miracle. One more. Okay? Not just one more, but one more miracle. I know for myself, I'm looking for that one more miracle. We're going to talk today about a different kind of miracle. It's not about someone walking on the water or the walls falling down. It's not about all the great things that he did, you know, that's filled with the Bible. This is about how a miracle happened in someone's life and then what happened after the miracle. And how God used the miracle, and it's still going today. Isn't that amazing? That's how miracles work. And not only do they happen at the time, but they can go on forever. Just that one miracle, the effects it has, changes the world. It really does. Acts chapter 9 says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters for him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were in the way whether they believed in Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now what he's doing, he's on this road, and he hates Christians. He really believes that he loves God. He thinks he knows God, but he doesn't know God. He, has no, he really doesn't. He's been taught, but he doesn't have a clue. But he thinks he does. And he's thinking, these guys are coming in, this Jesus movement, and they're impersonating what God says. That's not what was in the Old Testament. You know, he, you know he's, I, I don't know about the Messiah, why he's not getting that, but... But anyway, he says, and he's almost like rubbing his hands together. I can't wait to get down there and get my hands on some Christians. I can't wait to go down and put chains on them and haul them back down here and torture them. His best day was when he watched them kill Stephen by stone. That's the kind of man Saul was. He hated Christians. The Bible doesn't really tell of anyone in the, in the whole Bible that hates one worse than him. So he goes on the, on the road to Damascus. And, and Jesus just finally says, we're going to have a confrontation, Mr. Saul. 
And we're just going to find out what this is all about. And as he journeyed, he came near uh, Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Man, wouldn't that be something to be walking around and along, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God from heaven knocks you to your knees? And then not only that, but you hear the heavens open up and say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And all those that are around with him, they heard it. They didn't see anything, but they heard it. And immediately he says something that's really interesting to me. He says, who are you, Lord? He doesn't know him. He thought he knew God. Who are you, Lord? And he introduced himself and he said, I am Jesus. Whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the gourd. In fact, he said, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting a battle that's not going to win. Uh, you're not going to win this battle, Mr. Saul. So, he, so he's trembling and astonished, said, and, and this is truly amazing. He says this, he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And somewhere between, who are you, Lord, and what would you have me to do? This man that hates Christians worse than anything in the world had a heart change. Isn't that something? You guys remember when the Lord came into your heart? You remember when you knelt and you asked him in? Just like that, he was there. That's what happened here. Just like that. Jesus came into his heart and he said, what would you have me do? And he didn't just say it with his mouth. He said it with his whole being. Not just his soul, not just his heart. And you know why? Because he had the life to prove it. And you know what? There has never been a worse man, probably. Never been a better man. And he's the same man because he was created by God. And finally, he let God use this creature, this creation that he invented, he made for his glory. And look what happened. I got a, I got a story I wanted to tell you. I, uh, throughout my ministry, one thing you'll find out is, with children is they absolutely just love miracles. I love stories about uh, People like uh, that you share, and I, I, I think I've shared this here, but uh, no, I, I, I don't remember if I shared it, so I'll share it again. Um, years ago, I was a camp director in, in Indiana, and, and I had went to this concert, Gail and I did, and we heard these guys do this song, and uh, the group was called Dave and the Giants. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them or not, but um, they had this song called Noah, just simply Noah. And at the end of the concert, they did this song, and it talked about how Noah built the ark and about how no one believed in him. And throughout the song, they kept saying, Noah, everybody's talking about you. Noah, everybody thinks you're crazy. Now you're loading up animals. And they kept saying, don't look like rain today, just another sunny day. And at the end, they had all these sound effects of the storm blowing up and the, and the lightning flashing. And they had this really loud noise and just shook the whole place. About how, and, and, and they had people calling out, Noah, Noah, Noah. They wanted to get on the boat. It was so powerful. Wish you could have seen it. God put something in my heart right then. He says to me, through my heart, he says, you know, you need to do that at this upcoming big uh, camp you have. That could really change lives to kids. And I'm thinking, yeah. And then immediately he said, and you need to get your brother-in-law, Dave, to do it. My brother-in-law, Dave, is... Sings in bars. My brother-in-law Dave has a band, but he doesn't go to church. I'm thinking, my brother-in-law Dave? Yeah. So I go to my brother-in-law Dave, and I say, Dave, how would you like to... I told him, let him hear the song. I said, how would you like to come and do that? And I thought he would say, no, I thought I'd have to just beg him to come. He said, okay, we'll do that. He goes to his band members. You know, they don't go to church. 
I thought they would say no. And they said, we'll do it. So they practiced and practiced for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and Dave's a, a real perfectionist, and he heard it, and he wanted to do it just like they did. And he worked on the sound effects. He worked on everything. And you know what? That night when they did that, it was tremendous. It, was just, it, is, it just absolutely blow your mind what it did for people. And the altar was just filled, and, and it was amazing. Dave didn't say a whole lot. I asked him a couple of days later. I said, I've got an adult retreat coming up. I really need you to come and, and, and do some more music. And surprisingly, he said, I'll do it. I thought maybe he'd be done with me. But he said, yeah, I'll do it. So he comes. And this is the great part. He gets up and I've uh, got all these people from the church there and he gets up and he gets his guitar and he says, well, I, I got something I want to say. He says, um, I have two more engagements that I've already contracted and after that, I'll never sing another song in a bar. Because God has come. and <laughs> He's changed me. And he said, I never knew what I was created for until now. He said, but now I know. And I'm telling you, what a miracle. I wasn't there on Damascus, but I was there in that, in, in that retreat that night with all those people when I heard him say that. And then I got to be like, you know, you read about Paul going on and all the great things he did. Never faltered. Uh, that's, that's what's happened to my brother-in-law. He traveled for five years singing, and now for, and ten years later, he's just had his tenth year at his church. He went into a church that had been split, had all kinds of trouble, stayed in there, kept, just kept pounding, and now he's got a wonderful church. He's, his church is all paid for. He has a new building. It's all paid for. And he has that church that didn't have a budget 10 years ago. Now they give 10% to foreign missions. Isn't that something? I mean, you've got to be a pastor to understand that, appreciate that. That is just astronomical. So I'm so proud of him. But you know what? God knew he could do that. God had him for that. And you know what? The first thing we've got to do, and this is, this is number one, he says, you've got to believe in miracles. All of us, we've got to believe in miracles, not just in the miracles that have happened in the Bible, but we've got to believe that God's still doing miracles. God is still working miracles all the time. And, and yeah, we pray, uh, you know, when someone's sick, and that's wonderful. I pray all the time for sick people, and, you know, a lot of times God heals them. Sometimes he heals them by taking them home. You know, I, I prayed for my mom for months and months and months, and, and the way he healed her was he, he took her to heaven. And, you know, that's, that's what we do. We pray, but we need to be constantly be praying for a miracle. That's what we've got to say. I do believe in miracles. I do, I do, I do believe in miracles. And if you have it in your heart and you open your eyes, then you'll start seeing them all around you. But the second thing you've got to do is you've got to become that vessel that can be used. Now, I told you that story, and it, it, it wasn't to brag. It was to say, hey, you know what? At least one time I listened to God, and look what happened. And you know, God wants to do that through all of us. In fact, that's what will change the world. That's the only things that will change our church, change our community, change our world, is that we listen to God, we become His vessel, so He can work through us in mighty ways. Didn't you think that story about my brother? That's mighty. And you know what? Just an ordinary person. See, he had that picked all along. You know, he knew what his ability was. He knew what, uh, what, his, what he could accomplish. And I was the lucky one that got to kind of get the ball rolling. And you know what? You're the same way. There are people around you. There's going to be opportunities. That's what I've uh, preached on all summer to kids is to be listening to God. Be ready for that opportunity. But you've got to become a vessel. A vessel God can use. A vessel that cares. You know, I'm praying today that, that many of us today will just pray and ask God to unleash our joy. You know, the devil is so strong. He, he fights us so hard that you can be sitting in church you can be doing things and he'll lock your joy up. And it, it, you won't even have it. It's locked up. 
So you've got to pray to the one that does miracles and say, hey, help me have my joy released. Let me forget about all the troubles in the world. You know, the, the devil's throwing all things against you. You know, like I said, we had this wonderful week in the National. We had hundreds of kids come to the altar. It's the best I've ever seen. Well, I come home yesterday, and Gail and I, we worked all day getting stuff ready for the mission trip. I go home at 6 o'clock. My air conditioner's out. It's 110 degrees in my house. You know, the devil's still fighting. You know, he's not going to give up. Well, I just turned on the fan and laid there and sweat, but I made it. You know what? Because I know God is going to deliver anything and that he's going to use me more. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. And I'm so thankful for that. You know, as can you imagine being there when, when this transition happens in Paul and he looks up to God and he says, What would you have me do? My goodness, if he only knew what God was going to have him to do. Greatest missionary ever was, ever will be. You know, when you study his word, when you see the mindset that he had, that, that he wouldn't back down, he wouldn't change, that, that that person that didn't know about Jesus suddenly knows everything about Jesus because he got it right here. And God did that little thing with his eyes or whatever that sent that down to him, and now he's got it. As good as he thought he knew God, now he knows Jesus even better than that. He's got it. Because, and we know that because it lasted his whole life, and he gave his life for Jesus at the end, and because he would not back down. He taught all these people. He shared with them how to be missionaries. We have missionaries today because of him. So what a great thing he did. So first of all, you've got to believe in miracles. Second thing, you've got to become a vessel. And the third thing you've got to do is you've got to belong to the Father. Lock, stock, and barrel. You can't be tied up with anything that's pulling you away. If you want to be effective, you've got to say, here I am, God. Use me. I know you created me to use me. Use me. I don't know how, but I sure want you to. Man, if we all do that, you know what will happen? Tremendous things will happen. You know, that's just one little example I gave you, but well, just think if all of us stood up and said, yeah, that happened to me. That happened. It's going to change things. It's going to change everything around us, and it's going to change you. And you're going to be a person you never even dreamed you could be. I remember one time, uh, about 20-some years ago, right before we came to Arkansas, we were at my sister's, uh, kind of a going-away thing. And uh, I was sitting upstairs, and, and my son Lucas was downstairs playing with his cousins. And my sister had the great idea of giving them bow and arrows. They were down there shooting, but these were the bow and arrows that had those stoppers on them. So here pretty soon I'm sitting there in the recliner and I hear this little thugging coming up the stairs. He's only five years old. I see him open this door and, and all, all at once I, I know something's terribly wrong. Lucas is staring at me, white as a sheet, and he just falls over. And I realize he's not breathing. So I jump up and I run over there and I, I had just had, that week, uh, CPR for children. I had taken a course because I was a camp director. I knew exactly what to do. I didn't hesitate. I jumped up. I went over there and grabbed him. I knew exactly where to hit him in the back. I popped him in the back. Out came the, the big old stopper. And he, <gasps> you know, breathed. And I, and I didn't have time to panic because he was dying. He fell over. He was, he was going. If I hadn't done that, he would have died. I have no doubt. So after it's over, you know how it is. That's when you start thinking about things. And first of all, thank God that he allowed me to do that. But I've never to this day forgotten the look that Lucas gave me when he came up those stairs. The whole room is filled with people. But he looks at me, his father. Complete confidence. Save me. You're my last hope. Save me. That's the way God wants us to look at him. Save me. You're my last hope. He is. He's our hope. He's where we need to put our trust. He's where we need to put everything. You need to belong to the father like that. 
You need to look at, look at his eyes like Lucas looked at mine. I've never forgot that. I thought, oh my gosh, what trust he had in me. I need to put my trust in God like that. And then I can do something. I'm so thankful for that. As we stand and get ready for the invitation. Yeah, stand up. There we go. Uh, one of my greatest spiritual gifts is I'm short-winded. Today, if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, I really hope tonight or today that, 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 that you felt him knocking at your door. Maybe there's people, because there's people here I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some here that have been struggling for a long time with some things. And today, through maybe something we've read or something we've said, it said, yeah, you know what? If I trusted God, I think he could take that away. Well, he can, and he wants to. First of all, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, I hope you'll come and let us show you how, because this is the place, and today is the day of salvation. I promise. Today is the day. Or maybe you, through something that's been said or... The verse has been read. You thought, you know, I want to have trust in God like that. I want to be ready for that miracle when it happens. I want to be. I want one more miracle. I want one miracle. I want to be ready. Maybe God will use me. Maybe God will use me to be the one. I want you to think about that as we sing. Come up and pray. If the Lord is speaking to your heart. Sing with me.